Welcome to the National Council of Supervisors of Mathematics, NCSM, Leadership in Mathematics podcast. NCSM is an organization supporting mathematics education leadership at the school, district, college, university, state, province, and national levels. Its membership constitutes an international force collaborating to achieve excellence in mathematics education. Be sure to visit the NCSM website at ncsmonline.org. Welcome to Episode 12 in a series of podcasts recorded at the NCSM 39th Annual Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, March 19th through 21st, 2007. This episode is titled NCTM's Curriculum Focal Points. What are they? How will they be used? In this session, the panel presenters examine and discuss the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics new publication, Curriculum Focal Points for Pre-Kindergarten through Grade 8 Mathematics, A Quest for Coherence, as a possible framework for guiding future curriculum development, instruction, and assessment. Curriculum Focal Points is available as a free download from the NCTM website. You may select the whole document or materials by section. Visit the link on the NCSM podcast page. Kathy Seeley begins the discussion. I'm Kathy Seeley. It's my pleasure to start the session this afternoon where we're going to take an up-close and personal look at the curriculum focal points released back in September by the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. You've got a cast of rotating speakers, or a rotating cast, I guess the speakers themselves aren't rotating. A rotating cast of speakers. There will be ample time and structured time for discussion and for questions, which is why you have index cards that have been handed out. And with no further discussion, I'm going to jump right in, and each speaker will introduce the next. How's that? That work? No, that's not, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Boy, he's eager. He's been like that for about a year and a half now. Yeah, probably so. All right, so on September 12th, 19, or 19th, 2006. <laughs> felt like 19, yeah, it did feel like it was that long. Uh, the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics, in a press release in Washington, D.C., released a very skinny document, which I had all planned to be holding up and showing you, but I left it in my briefcase, and now Jamie's going to show it. That's all right. You all know what it looks like anyway. It's a very thin document, it's 40 pages long, half of which is in fact a correlation to principles and standards for school mathematics. That in and of itself, if you didn't notice the great similarities between the cover of this and principles and standards for school mathematics, would help you understand, I hope, that this is a partner document to the principles and standards for school mathematics, not a retreat from nor a contradiction of, as some press might have you believe. And don't get skip started on that. So, um, and it is available free for download. How many of you have downloaded, just out of curiosity? Look at that. Whoa. You are among the 600,000 people who have done that. Uh, it's also available for purchase, by the way, just so you know, in case anybody wants one of these really pretty copies right here. See, hold that up again, Janie, and see how pretty that is? Shiny paper, it lasts forever. You're welcome to do that, too, at the NCTM bookstore. So, I pushed the little arrow. There we go. Just to give you a little bit of background, I'm just going to set this up for a few minutes and then turn it over to Skip to jump into the actual content. For as long as I can remember, many of us in math education have been fussing about the long lists of tiny topics that everybody in every state pretty much has to deal with. 
And the criticism that's been levied against the American mathematics curriculum that it's a mile wide and an inch deep by Bill Schmidt and Tim's report and many, many others is probably well-deserved as we look at the kinds of things teachers try to teach in the classroom between their tables of contents, their state expectations, even NCTM's lists from the principles and standards documents. So in the summer of 2004, because of all of this interest from the state mathematics supervisors looking across the states, and from NCTM struggling continually, I will tell you, over the past several years with whether to come out with something that would give grade-by-grade -grade guidance to folks, the, we got together with those two groups and some mathematicians in Park City to begin taking a look at what these standards might look, look like across the various states. And to nobody's surprise, there were, there were, you could track general topic flows, but you sure couldn't track much else as you looked at the, the similarities and mostly differences across those states and documents. So in April 2005, the report from that summer was released called uh, View from the Nation, Standards and Curriculum of View from the Nation. And then uh, just around that same time, actually just before that, we began to start exploring this notion of could we actually come up with something that would be much more concise and really describe in depth the major areas of emphasis for particular grade levels, even recognizing that everybody would not agree on which grade levels those things were done at, but also feeling like this would be a good step, at least to say this might work if you were starting from scratch. So a small working group was put together. We met in Austin, Texas. Barb Rees was the chair of that group. We explored a little while what, what that might look like, and from that came up with a, a sort of a model and recommendation for the NCTM Board of Directors. And so in April 2005, the NCTM mo moved to go ahead forward with the development of curriculum focal points. And so between then and the summer of 2006, a different writing team with some overlap from the original conception group was put together to do the writing, to have reviews conducted, and to look at getting the board, the NCTM board, to approve finally a document that might be released to the public. So in September 2006, that came to pass. I want to emphasize for you before I, I let Skip go on with the details that this is in fact sort of a close-up on the, the curriculum principle from principles and standards. If you go back and look at that, if you haven't looked at it lately, it really talks about the need to have a coherent mathematics curriculum that flows across the grades and connects and identifies priorities and what, what the emphases should be. In terms of what's different about this and what really does move forward so that you can be giving your own press releases to your teachers and others, what's new is this notion of prioritizing and focusing at a grade level. I don't know of any state that's really done it in this way where you really say these are the big hits for this grade level and these are the things that might connect to it. This is in fact what's new for NCTM is to have grade by grade descriptions rather than grade bands and to describe clusters of content rather than looking at particular standards that might be more specific. I think even though this document is very short, we think it clarifies what's meant by some of, by some of the, uh, the content that we've described. And it does address connections in a way that says these things are, are the really major hits and these things might connect. And there are other things that go around that as well that you'll hear from some of the other speakers. What's not new, and I want to really emphasize this so that you, because you are the folks who are on the front line dealing with people who are trying to say what NCTM is doing and you need to be the ones who know what we're doing. And what's not new is that this in fact is aligned with principles and standards, the curriculum principle. 
This is representing a well-balanced curriculum with all the strands that represent the content standards from NCTM's principles and standards. There has always been strong attention to number and operations, even from the 1989 standards all the way through 2000 and through recent documents. And that there's still a commitment to problem-solving processes and content, even though this document focuses on the content part. It really is about understanding math, doing the math, and using it to solve problems. And I hope that you can see that coming through as you hear the different discussions. I think it's really important as you think about this to notice that this is not just about what grade level things were placed at. That's only one way to look at this. The other way, and potentially more substantial way to look at this is, is there a way to redo our thinking about curriculum around fewer, deeper chunks that are really related content? What would look different if we did that? So with that in your mind, I'm going to turn it over to my successor in many ways, Skip Fennell, current president of the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics and member of the Focal Points writing team. Thank you. Um, I guess I'm going to need to stay, stay, stay sort of close to this um, microphone. This is not typical behavior for me. Um, so Kathy began to paint an answer, a response to the major question that you see on this slide, why would we do this? And the why part for me deals with, I can't do this, so I'll just carry it. Deals with another, a number of things. As she alluded to, and as many of you know, you come from states, many of you, where there are long lists of expectations for students in mathematics, many of them fine-grained, some perhaps not. Uh, I frankly am real tired of the mile-wide, inch-deep phrase, and so I, I know Bill Schmidt well, and so I've actually told him this is designed to shut you up, uh, or at least have you say something else about this. By the way, Schmidt was one of the reviewers of, of this work, and I'll, tell you, I'll show you a correlation that he did very recently um, looking at A-plus countries and mathematics. Notion is to identify the mathematics that should be the focus of instruction in student learning pre-K through 8. Begin the discussion of appropriate curriculum expectations. Identify key mathematical ideas all others build on. I will linger on this for, for just a moment because I think what Kathy said introductory-wise was very key. This is a new look. These, these are major concepts, major ideas, major topics with lots of, if you will, those fine-grained objectives kind of nested in to this notion of understanding how addition and subtraction works as one example at a particular grade level. So that look is quite new for all of us. We have been advised along the way, and, and I'm sure we'll be advised in uh, the council's next initiative at the high school level, um, by the Curriculum Center quartered uh, uh, at the University of Missouri with subcontracts with uh, Michigan State University in Western Michigan who have done a number of reports. They have reported out to this organization a number of times. And uh, one of the things that we looked at early that has now been added to across virtually all of the 40-some states they looked at, but this is a particular fourth grade slide that takes a look at one grade level and the number of objectives across 10 states. And, and you can see that it ranges from the high 20s in North Carolina up to 89 in the state of Florida. You'll see, you'll, you'll see dispersion among the various 
uh, content areas as well, as, as few as two objectives in one area and 17 objectives in the same content area in another state. So this notion of being all over the place as Johnny Lott and the Association of School uh, State Mathematics Supervisors found several years ago is, is still clear uh, today. Later on, we'll tell you about what some of the states are doing to sort of deal with, with this issue. What we have in terms of actual product is uh, a publication that tries to go back, if you will, to our roots. Our roots, in this case, are the principles and standards for school mathematics. Kathy mentioned that this is the next step, if you will, from the curriculum principle that talks about a curriculum that should be a collection of activities that are coherent, focused, nice word, on important mathematics and well articulated across the grades. That comes from page 14 of, of the principles and standards. Uh, direct quote from page 16, a well-articulated curriculum gives teachers guidance regarding important ideas or major themes which receive special attention at different points in time. It also gives guidance about the depth of study, I'll repeat that, depth of study warranted at particular times and when closure is expected for particular skills or concepts. The notion of closure within our curriculum is a concept we don't deal particularly well with. I just left a session where uh, Barbara Rees pointed out that the same objective was, a, was repeated across, I think, five different grade levels in a particular state. So this notion of suggesting, even stating, even having the courage to state that we expect students to know this at a particular level and then frankly we're moving on is something that we want to be about as well. So these are about important math topics for each of these levels, pre-K through eight. I would be remiss if I didn't harp a little bit on the pre-K side of that because Doug Clements is seated in this audience and he's a member of the writing team and in, in our work he would always say you can't forget pre, you can't forget pre, you can't forget pre. It starts before kindergarten and more and more pre-opportunities for children are very much around your community whether they be in public schools or private foundation kinds of opportunities for kids. So that's very, very clear and important to us. And then again, kind of picking up what Kathy said earlier, these are cohesive clusters of related ideas, concepts, skills, procedures that form the foundation for higher level mathematics. There's a lot of mathematics nested in, if you will, our curriculum focal points. Certainly more than a single objective standard expectation or indicator, and then not discrete topics for teachers to present and check off as mastered by students. In the early stages of this work, as you do with any work of this type, you have to consider audience. Um, and with, with some debate, with some you know, back and forth, it was determined that the initial audience for this document are leaders in the field. That state supervisors and local supervisors of school mathematics and if you will, building specialists, really need to have the first cut on this work. Because the last thing we want anybody to believe is that at the fourth grade level you have Oh, three focal points and four connections, the year's done by October 15th. Not the intent at all. This is, this is the locus, if you will, of instruction at that particular grade level. These are the areas of emphasis, not the full curriculum, and in fact, you should approach the curriculum differently should you involve yourself with this work. So the product, curriculum focal points by grade, connections to the focal points for each of those grades, and you'll see some of that in a moment. 
reference to the process standards in each grade, correlation to the principles and standards. That's how the, this is all sort of fit together within that 40-some page document, half of which is, a, is that appendix. Three per grade level, pre-K through eight, often presenting multiple content strands. By that I mean we'll, we'll put together as appropriate number and operations and algebra or geometry and measurement uh, as it falls out within particular grade levels. Describe the majority of instruction for a specific grade level. Uh, we're not exactly sure what, what majority is. One of, our, one of our writers was at one point, but he's backed off of that. <laughs> I can digress, it's late in the afternoon. Uh, Doug and I were doing a presentation on this, on this work in Indianapolis, not unlike what we're doing here. And Doug, we get to this slide and Doug says it's 80% of the year. <laughs> and I was saying, it's a nice number, where'd you get it? And I think, of course he said, well, there's some research out there that says it should be 80%. I'm still looking for that research. Um, taking across the grade levels provide the major components of a mathematically sound, coherent, and cohesive pre-K through 8 curriculum, and that's what this is intended to do as well. Importantly, I don't think I skipped something there, no. Um, we did not want to lose the notion of process. And so, as a header for every page, it is essential these focal points be addressed in contexts that promote problem solving, reasoning, communication, making connections, and designing and analyzing representations. That is, those processes are the umbrella through which that content is filtered uh, and, uh, and, and very important to us. And by the way, just for those of you who spend a lot of time, as most of you I'm sure do, with your own state frameworks, isn't it interesting how you deal with the process standards yourselves? By that I mean there are some states that frankly don't account for them at all. There are other states that have used the same, the same process wording for, for literally every grade. There are some states that sort of put the process orientation at the very back of, of the standards, sort of indicating that they're least important. But so, so how, we, how we lay that out and how we infuse and connect with the process standards is important to all of us, and we need to communicate that well. The connections... There's, those are along the side. You can see how this is laid out, although most of you have seen that already. Uh, provide meaningful context for the focal points. Identify connections between strands and across the grade levels. So you have that across grade level connection and provide that sort of rounding out, if you will, of a well-balanced curriculum. Typically, a page looks like that with notions of the individual focal point, in this, this case number and operations, number and operations and algebra measurement. There was a time in, in early iterations of this work when these titles stood alone. We used to call them the title page. Here's a grade three title page and it just had the focal points. And we early on figured that if we do that, people are just going to figure they'll check those things off. So the notion of deep context here in terms of how that plays out and the level of importance of this work as it feeds into, if you will, developing quick recall of addition facts and related subtraction facts and fluency with multi-digit addition subtraction is, is comprehensive as you build toward that level of fluency. That's critical to our work, as is this notion of connections from number and operations, earlier work, back to the focal points, from geometry and measurement, connecting with work and measurement as well as work and number and operations and algebra and additional algebra here. Those, those connections are integral to our work and as I mentioned earlier, the statement about the process standards as well. 
one of the things we don't want to lose is this notion of, at the early grades, developing that sense of number, dealing with composition and decomposition of number to help kids understand the role of place value and thinking about, at least at this level, place value and how that connects with operations, as well as being able to talk about numbers and, and being flexible with number and number use. At the fourth grade level, where, um, again, in this case, three focal points, a few more connections at, at this particular grade level than a prior level. We want to build in, fourth graders are multiplication years, as, 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 as if you will, a popular and important topic. And so that the importance of the distributed property as a way to not only model the multiplication process, but sort of get at the underpinnings and the connection to the algorithm is important. About six weeks ago, I was doing a presentation like this, and I had a teacher come up to me after the presentation and said something like the following. You know, I really, I really see the importance of the distributive property, and I really now get how important that is to my kids, understanding how and why multiplication works the way it does. And I had one of those moments that many of you have where simultaneously that's, oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Because I was certain this teacher had been teaching at least a decade. So um, yes, it's really good that you've discovered the distributive property and 10 years worth of children are somewhere else not having had the benefit of that. But at any rate, we sometimes experience those kinds of things. Particularly at the seventh and eighth grade level, to a lesser extent I suspect at the sixth grade level, our, focus, our focal points really pay attention to what we might think about as integral kinds of concepts and skills that lead to algebra. And so in number and operations and algebra and geometry, developing an understanding of and applying proportionality, including similarity. Developing an understanding of and using formulas to determine surface areas and volumes of three-dimensional shapes. And then developing an understanding of operations on all rational numbers and solving linear equations. Connections to algebra in all three of these focal points, uh, as well as additional connections. Given the fact that most of you have seen this, we're not going to linger over the actual wording and so forth because we want to get you involved in this. Kathy alluded to, and it's again important to us to, to remember the connections back to the principles and standards. And so half of this document, I guess it's actually more than half, uh, provides a correlation to, to grade specific focal points and connections linking to PSSM. Um, Jamie Shelock, who did the majority of that work, if not all of it, claims that's a 90% or about a 98% match, and no one has contested her yet. And actually, if you look carefully at the chart, it's, it's pretty clear that that's true. Another issue that, that is important to us uh, is the links to research. And one of the things, by the way, that, that, that we know is that the issue of what particular topic where with regard to grade level placement isn't as much as a research, of a research topic as, as it is a cultural and historical phenomenon related to particular states, particular countries, and so forth. Suffice it to say that the writing group took a look at all of the curriculum frameworks that are out there among the states. Many of the international, if, if, I, if I can use the phrase, A-plus country that Bill Schmidt describes and so forth in trying, trying to do this work. In addition to that, 
And again, uh, I'll lead to a session that several of us just did with the Special Interest Group for Research in Math Education, where Doug Clements pointed out particular research at the early childhood level that feeds into much of what we're suggesting for the focal point. So there is that connection to research, as well as the sort of cultural, historical phenomenon that we, that we call curriculum in this country. Links back to JRME, links back to the educational uh, research publications of, of AERA, as well as the early childhood uh, group, links to, to NAEP um, and TIMS, as well as PISA. Recently, do I have this link, Jane? Recently, Bill Schmidt, I don't know that this is linked. Uh, um, well, let me, just, let me just talk to you about that. I don't think it's hot lines. Yeah, let me, let me describe what this is. At least, at least one person in this room has seen this. Bill Schmidt of, of uh, Tim's fame, if you will, and, and Michigan State University has done an analysis between the focal points and, if you will, the A-plus countries around the world. And it's, you know, I, suffice it to say it's a nice match. And we're pleased at the, at the way that the focal points connect to a lot of those cultures and countries that people like to compare us to. Um, in terms of how this is, this is being presented and, and used, we certainly hope that this work becomes a framework for future development of the mathematics curriculum, recognizing that it's a different look. And I think Kathy set that up well in her preliminary comments. It, it's not just, as some people say to me, well, you know, we've taken a look at the focal points in our curriculum, really matches up pretty well. We're pleased about that. And usually my first response is, okay, where'd you cut? Uh, because if you really believe that the sort of nested concepts and depth of study and time on important mathematics, that means you're not going to have that one day for that surface area glimpse of a particular topic just because it happens to be on the state test, which, by the way, gets at the next issue. That is, it's all to talk about a refined and a revised curriculum, but the next step has to be assessments that align to that revision or we're just treading water in this whole process. So the notion to do that, to, to, to identify grade level targets, not only because it's sort of like a no child left behind requirement, that is third grade teachers as well as eighth grade teachers and everything in between are given tests every year, so they need to know what's important. But also, also this notion about, um, and, and you remember when we, when we did grade band stuff, my, I guess my classic line, if you're, if you're a fifth grade teacher and it's a three through five grade band, you're in trouble because it ends with you. So, so that notion about how that lays out is pretty important to us. The curriculum focal points and work with teachers. <clears throat> I have the pleasant opportunity to, to, to tell you about a board member from NCTM who's departing at the end of this conference. Her name is Bonnie Hagelberger. She's a presidential awardee at the first grade level from the state of Minnesota. And she helped us with the release of this work. And as a board member, because board members have to decide whether or not things are going to move out of discussion and, and into publication and like, she was very much involved in the progress of this work. And so the questions that, that we had for her is, how might, once it comes down to the teacher level, how might this impact your work? And a direct quote from her, one of the most important, this helps me think about the most important ideas at my grade level. It provides information for teachers about how ideas at one grade level fit in with important ideas prior to and following. And then to prioritize use of activities, assessments, and other published materials. 
for classroom teachers that is, I have a lot of stuff in my room. It's more than the textbook. It's the stuff my supervisor gives me. It's the stuff from the state assessments. It's all that other kind of supplemental stuff that filled the closet from that teacher who retired, and I got it all. And so I have to figure out if and how I can use all that stuff, and it helps in that regard as well. And kind of a different cut that I'm going to have uh, Jane Shelock take you through from this point on is this, this house idea. But let me just also take the opportunity to introduce Jane Shelock from Texas A&M University, where she is now a dean, um, associate dean in uh, math and science work. But her role in this project is, is more than just um, a writer. She was the lead writer. She forced us to meet deadlines and fix things that didn't quite get done, and um, if it wasn't for her, we probably wouldn't be standing here talking about this. That's about as well as I can say it. <laughs> and I get to organize things like this. Um, I had the opportunity of working with some teachers, even though they're not the first audience that we were talking about, some teachers in an in-service project, and I was excited because I gave them the task to um, come up with a way to communicate to someone else what the concept of the focal points were, not necessarily the particular content. And this is what the Pre-K-2 group created. And um, you probably can't read it, but it has things like number and operations and develop a sense of numbers, the foundation of the house, and the load-bearing walls are recalling basic facts and the um, strategies for addition and subtraction and the multi-digit algorithms and um, developing those algorithms with um, and those things support the ideas of measurement and problem solving and windows into the future of developing division concepts and multiplication. Anyway, this was their, this is what they took from it as the terms of the concept of focusing your curriculum and making connections. And I think it sort of captures the, the goal that we had in mind. The other thing that captures is a supervisor's comment to me that, um, who said, you know, I have a teacher in one of my districts who um, I've always used this as an example for everyone else, and this is the way that person teaches um, in terms of the organization and the, and the content um, focus. So very quickly, um, we also hope that publishers look at this, publishers of textbooks, publishers of other instructional materials, publishers of assessments. I think that's to come in the future. We've had some meetings with them. Um, that teacher educators will be using this. Wouldn't it be nice to get new teachers coming in who are thinking about the curriculum in a focused way? And I know Rose Beck over here is a, a person who's been working very much in that area. Um, if you look at the document, you'll see the list of all the names. We've got a large group, uh, uh, the majority of the writing group here today, and hopefully you get to hear from each of them a little bit. Um, but for the small group, it was extremely representative. I wanted to put page biographies about them so you would know all the different kinds of experiences that had been contributed. You'll have to go on their websites and read all those things. Um, several groups of outside reviewers, both formal and informal, gave us feedback. And many of the people listed in the document represent groups of people. Uh, for example, your state supervisor may be listed there um, who contributed impact from uh, a, a working group that you had at one of your meetings. So uh, we've been to um, 15, 16 states, a lot of states. Uh, some of them uh, were at, at the end of their process of revising curriculum, some were at the very beginning, some were in the middle. Um, I encourage you to go, like Florida's website um, has the uh, result of their incorporation of the concept of the focal points in theirs. Your state may be working on these things. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people looking at them and, and um, thinking about how it impacts them at the 
at the type, at the time of the process that they are. We've also been, of course, having Skip on the National Math Panel as a member. I hope you were able to hear his presentation. A lot of impact on the Hill, um, interaction there. Department of Ed, we've gone to four MSP meetings, um, connections to those that uh, are new, um, looking through the list, all the things that you're hearing here. But one of the important next steps, uh, or connected steps actually, that uh, is going on in NCTM, I'd like to introduce Dr. Rose Beck uh, to talk about the Essential Understandings Project. Can Janie? Essential Understandings is a project has as a driving force, one basic big question, which both underlies and probably overwhelms us in our work, and that's the question of what mathematical understandings are essential for mathematics teachers in pre-K through grade 12. And in particular, that would include what kind of mathematics do teachers need to understand if they're going to teach in the spirit of the curriculum focal points. As an NCTAM project, our goal is to create products that would include a set of 16 books. The books are for professional development. They're for use in a way that would be for the single teacher who is interested in his or her personal growth. They could be used by a local group in a school setting who's interested in developing their collective understanding in a shared way. They could also be used in more formal settings that could be put together by a district or a college or university. The audience for these books clearly is the classroom teacher. They're designed so that the beginning teacher, the prospective teacher, the experienced teacher, and us, by the way, can all enter the books in a way that it takes us from where our mathematics understanding is to a deeper, richer place. They are designed by grade level, unlike the focal points, and they do include the 912 grade level as well. When we think about the contents of a book, what we have are an organization of the ideas around what we call big ideas and essential ideas or essential understandings. The notion is that we think about the ideas that exist at two levels. Under content, the larger print for that category tells us that's the bulk of what's going to be in a particular book. It's going to engage the teacher, that is not just tell the teacher, but engage the teacher with those ideas. Another part of each book is going to be the connections, connections to other ideas within that grade band, as well as connections to how the ideas play out in grade bands above and below that particular one. The third key part of each book is going to be a section that talks about so if we have this great understanding of mathematics, what does that mean that we're going to do differently in our teaching, our assessing, and hopefully in our students' learning? The timeline for this project is that it actually began full steam in 2005, although it was conceptualized slightly earlier than that. And the book should start appearing in approximately one year or sooner. Given that the books are about to appear, obviously the first books are now in progress. And we might think of each one of the books as being a professional development focal point. The list up here includes what the particular topics would be for each of the four books that are now in the works. The drafts will be under review this spring. You may be hearing from us. When we think about those four particular books, it seems like it's only natural that we'd be able to take one of them and see how it would match up with the curriculum focal points. So if we think about the Essential Understandings book, and I just chose the one that's in grades six through eight, that is on ratio, proportion, and proportional reasoning, and say, how does that match up with what we would expect for students in those grades? The ideas of that particular Essential Understandings book would be the ones that will help the teacher to unravel the idea of ratio and proportion 
I'm sorry, ratio and rate, as it happens within sixth grade in that focal point. It helped them to see how that then connects to the idea of proportionality and its richness that plays out in seventh grade, including the connection to similarity. It also would relate to one of the connections that appears in eighth grade with the idea that at this level, we can think about those slope triangles and what they have to do with this notion of proportionality, ratio, and rate. If you think about it then, what we're basically saying is that the essential understandings puts together the mathematics that underlies a collection of focal points and the mathematics that goes across several focal points into an experience for teachers that helps them to see how that would all mathematically make sense so that the students then can experience it in the spirit of the curriculum focal points. If we think about things in general, the curriculum focal points are for the mathematics for students. The essential understandings are about the mathematics for teachers. Hopefully, in all the things that you've heard, there's been a consistency. The essential understandings, like the curriculum focal points, says let's focus on what the important mathematics is. It has to do with thinking about that important mathematics within clusters of ideas. And it talks about connections, connections within an area of mathematics, connections among content strands, and of course, connections between content and processes. That, in a nutshell, is essentially essential understandings. So it's just like all our work, it's never done, right? Every time you do something, it creates something else. And I just am more and more excited when I hear about that. What we'd like to do is give you a few minutes, five, six, seven minutes. Um, there are uh, index cards scattered around the room. We've got some other ones up here. What we'd like from you um, is a little bit of discussion in the, with the people around you about um, some particular topics. Perhaps you want to talk about the relationship of the focal points and the connections that are there. What they, they mean or what more do you need to know about those? Ways focal points can be used with your current state standards or queries about how they might be used with your state standards. Questions about a focused curriculum's impact on professional development or needs for that. Um, and assessment issues that you might want to bring up. And what we'd like to do is collect those. Um, certainly we can't address them all in the time that we have here, but one of the things we do have is a website up that has frequently asked questions and more information and this contributes to our, uh, the information about what we need to have up there and it does give an opportunity for the other four uh, members of the writing group that are here to be able to talk with you a little bit and for you to interact with them so Doug Clements is walking with cards there um, Sibylla Beckman from your local state of, of Georgia is, <laughs> is here uh, Randy um, Excuse me, I'm about to choke. Randy, Randy Charles is, uh, is here um, as part of the writing team, and Emma um, Trevino is here with uh, us from Texas. So they're going to be up here answering, but uh, they're also out there helping distribute. So take a few minutes, and then we'll get back together. Oh, yes, you guys. We're going to get started and do these on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, how do you envision the Lenses high school document will look? Uh, will it be subject-specific? The Lenses document the is, is uh, first of all, it's not a document yet. It's, it, we have a plan to do this. And um, the Lenses initiative will be at the high school level. 
High school obviously is very different than pre-K through eight, and hence the word lenses, because we'll look at lenses relative to perhaps mathematics courses, perhaps integrated curriculum mathematics, perhaps uh, big ideas in mathematics, perhaps how people might use math, whether it be for particular college intending majors and, and or other kinds of issues. So it, it will have a different look uh, because we think the cut is different. Um, that, the planning of that initiative is actually beginning this, this week. There's another question, where the, where the focal points align with NAEP? To a great extent, the, the table of specifications that NAEP uses is the NCTM table of specifications of number and operations, algebra, geometry, measurement, data analysis, probability. Um, going off this presentation for a moment, the National Math Panel is seriously looking at the NAEP framework with perhaps some shift coming. Who, who knows about that? If you're following the legislation, that's coming particularly from Senators Clinton and Senator Dodd, uh, less so Senator Kennedy, who are, who are talking about a national voluntary curriculum. In two of those cases, they're suggesting that the National Assessment Governing Board, that's the group who governs NAEP, would have power of that curriculum. That, that, if that would happen, that would probably cause a shift in NAEP in terms of specifications. The second Second question on this one, I actually love this one. Um, why, why was there an article in the NSTA newspaper stating that NCTM was going back to basics in reference to the focal points? And I, I, can't, I can't wait to respond to this because, because what NSTA did, our colleagues at NSTA, thank you very much, was to take the Wall Street Journal headline and use that in their publication. You should know that uh, Maybe five minutes after that was in print, I had, I had messages from many of your colleagues, and Jim Abello and others from NCTM were, I hate to use this phrase, but I use it because it's coming to mind, in the face of those at NSTA. They quickly retracted that. If you follow the news, last week, NSTA announced their anchors project for anchors in school science. And my response to that is, we were first. Yes. Thanks, Skip. I'm Randy Charles of uh, San Jose State University. There were four or five questions related to the Essential Understandings Committee. Um, Rose and I, Rose Beck and I, were members of both the Curriculum Focal Point team and we're both members of the Essential Understandings Committee. It's very important to remember that these two committees were essentially conceived together. The focal points, in our opinion, really provide an opportunity for all of us to have deep have conversations about what it means to teach content in depth, to not just pull out the most important 12 standards in your state, but what does it mean to teach in depth and to teach with connections. And this doc that's why this document was written as sets of paragraphs of related ideas and skills. The essential understandings are going to take that to another level for teachers. The question said, well, the essential under this question says, well, the essential understandings provide video studies of students, uh, classroom interactions, best practices, assessment. The, the main focus for the essential understandings books are content preparation, content professional development for teachers. The exact organization of those books is evolving as we speak, as the drafts come in. But the intent is to have connections to uh, uh, issues related to learning. 
and connections to assessment. But the focus is on the big ideas of mathematics and the essential understandings of mathematics that teachers need to have in order to effectively implement these focal points in depth. Sibylla. Hi, I'm Sibylla Beckman from the University of Georgia, and I was also a member of the writing team. Uh, one of the questions that we've gotten concerns uh, data analysis is that uh, it's not uh, in the focal points except for eighth grade. Um, does that mean data analysis is not important? And that, of course, is something we discussed very carefully in writing the focal points. Um, the decision that we came to was that data analysis is not foundational in the way that the other uh, focal points that you do see at the grade levels are. Uh, number and operations and geometry are absolutely foundational topics that you, students absolutely must know in order to progress in their mathematics. You uh, can't go on in mathematics really without a very good solid understanding of number and operations and geometric concepts. Uh, data analysis is of course very important and, and especially in today's world it's very important and we recognize that and you see it in the connections. The understanding is that these um, data analysis is something that needs to be woven into the focal points. It, it is not in and of itself at grades pre-K through eight something that is foundational but it's something that needs to be woven in as part of the other uh, topics. Let's see. I'm Doug Clements, University of Buffalo. The first question I have is, why didn't you let Doug Clements talk during the first part? No, that's not it. I, I wrote that one. I wrote that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. The real, the real questions are good issues here with these. Um, publishers are simply tagging their current books with focal point standards. What, if anything, is being done to ensure these are being used for current development? <coughs> and they said, or, another way to look at that, is there anything wrong with the publisher stating, yes, we cover the focal points on existing product lines, those in print before the release of focal points? Yeah, I mean, <coughs> you know, the answer to that was easy, yes. Uh, I think that's a problem. It goes back to what Skip was saying, which is, what did you leave out then? You know, covering the focal points is not doing a focal point. A focal point is taking a major uh, uh, part of the year and, and dealing with that focal point. If they've got everything else in there too, them having one or two lessons out of it isn't doing a focal point, so that's not accurate. <coughs> Excuse, going back to the first question, what's being done, several meetings have been conducted with NCTM people, the writing staff, and other people with publishers, and we continue to work with publishers, who are delighted, by the way. Publishers with the curriculum focal points in the direction we're going. Publishers are not delighted with the fact that they have to try to do a good product and meet the standards of 46 different states and different standards. So um, <coughs> they're teams on this. Do you want to catch something different, or me pass on this? Uh, I think I'll comment on that, too. These are, these are somewhat related to that. One said, I didn't see California on your list. Yet it influences heavily textbook publishers' decisions. Um, many of the states that were chosen uh, as sites to, uh, to visit relative to the focal points are ones that are, as Janie said, actively uh, in the process or soon will be in the process of revising their state standards. Uh, the California state standards are by law 
uh, in place, I think, for the next six years or something like that. So it's not an opportunity right now for the state of California to revisit their standards. Did we look at standards from all states, as Janie said? Of course we did. And we looked at California standards as well. Uh, are textbook publishers taking this seriously when, uh, when they rewrite the curriculum? Textbook publishers are driven by your state standards. It's very important to remember that the primary audience for the focal points are the people in the, at the state level who are about to, to create the next generation of state standards and the assessments that match those standards. And that's what the publishers will be writing to, not the focal points. It will be the standards that come out of the focal points. Here's a question. Um, how are the curriculum focal points related to readiness for Algebra 1 and courses beyond Algebra 1? Um, I think the uh, focal points are perfectly positioned for algebra readiness and uh, courses beyond algebra, in particular calculus, for example. Um, the, what do you need for things like Algebra 1 and beyond? Well, a, a lot of fluency with uh, algebraic manipulations, with absolutely fluency with number and operation work. Uh, those are essential things, and I think we have those very strongly covered in the, in the focal points. Um, of course, there will be states uh, where uh, many students will take Algebra 1 in eighth grade, in which case they will need to um, cover the focal points that are currently in eighth, eighth grade, uh, either somehow within Algebra 1 or before that, or somehow spread it, uh, some elements of that across uh, high school. But we think that, that the focal points are really perfect for uh, Algebra 1 readiness and courses beyond Algebra 1. Okay. Skip Fennell said 600,000 copies of the uh, document have been downloaded, but I have heard that Doug Clements downloaded half a million by himself. How do you, no, no, that's, how do you expect the curriculum focal points to impact the math wars? Tom O'Brien's article earlier this month in Education Week, and is your hope to unify math education across the nation, et cetera, et cetera. These are important points. Um, uh, I'm interested in what Sibylla has to say, but I do know that, that both common ground meetings and the curriculum focal points were an attempt to certainly uh, bring some unity to this stuff and get people to the table and agree on some basic things. And while not everybody agrees on everything, I think Sibylla and I at least agree that we went out and we had readers from both sides of, of these kind of things talk about them. And I like to think about them that rather than compromise, we really tried to synthesize viewpoints and come up with the best thing. And Sibylla is a mathematician, so I'd love to hear her perspective on that same question. Yeah, I, I agree with Doug. I think um, it's, it's a real opportunity to bring people from different sides together. I think we've brought the best of everything to the focal points. Uh, a focus on understanding and sense-making, but also fluency with the uh, basic skills and, and concepts that students need. And uh, so I think it's well-balanced, it seems to me. Of course, I can't speak for um, everybody, but it, it, it would be very nice to see uh, uh, unity and an end to the math wars and, and a greater uh, appreciation for people on all sides and greater bringing together. I think it, it's an opportunity for it. I've actually told other audiences that 
I wish we had podcasts of our discussions while we were doing the focal points. I mean, I really think that that was the power of it, not more than what we ended up with on paper are the, the back and forth tugs that we had, the issues. I actually had, um, I'll share with you now that since we've kind of gotten past the initial um, gut-wrenching reaction to the Wall Street Journal article, that the reporter um, asked me right out, he said, what y'all have fights about? And, and when he asked me, I couldn't remember because we had resolved them all <laughs> in, a, in a way that didn't make them feel like arguments or fights anymore. He didn't believe me. But I think that's another answer to, to the math wars things. The difference in perspective was beneficial to us rather than detrimental. And that, um, in terms of the presentations, is what I've heard from other people um, saying things like, well, I don't understand why there are math wars anymore now when I you know, see these things together. So I, I've felt very positive about that. I'm going to bring this to a close with uh, just a couple more questions. Um, please address ways to use the focal points with our current state standards without confusing teachers. This is where the um, difference between the concept of the focal points and the content of the focal points is so critical. Um, it's very um, easy to think that the first step is to sit down and draw lines between the focal points in your curriculum and see what matches and see what doesn't and what, what grade levels are where and that kind of thing. And that, that helps you look at it and give them information. But if you're not in the position where you can move things around in your curriculum necessarily, then that's not going to go very far. So the idea is, like the house, um, to be looking at how can you group the ideas that are in your current curriculum in a way that makes sense, that I think of it as a foreground background issue that instead of everything being up in the front, you have things that pop out at certain times and then go into the background at other times, leaving room for other things to pop out in the front. And so making those decisions is, is the critical part of applying the idea of the focal points. And sometimes they can give you, I mean, all the theory says good examples move you farther along to completing your own work, whether it's exactly like that example or not. So we're hoping that we've provided a good example for, um, for applying that concept of focal points. And the final question is, is this PowerPoint presentation going to be available online to download? And as soon as I, <laughs> as soon, we, if you go to the NCTM website now, there are several versions of this up there to download, uh, things that we did for the press club, for the press release, things that we've done at, at various um, presentations in various places. So I'm sure that I will be able to get it up there, but if it takes me a while, there are other things there that you can grab. Uh, I also wanted to let you know that the teacher that, um, and board member, former board member that Skip was talking about, Bonnie Hagelberger, um, you can um, retrieve the clip of her talking about using this with parents and, and uh, teachers uh, from the press release video. So that's a really nice piece to look at as well. So yes, we'll make this available. And we really appreciate you coming from 4 to 5 on Tuesday afternoon. And yes. Oh, and yes, and we will be keeping the rest of these questions. So if anybody's written anything else down before you leave, dump it up here. And we'll be using them to uh, renew the website and uh, look at next steps. Thank you very much.
Tune in to our next episode, A Leader's Legacy, Leading from the Inside Out, by Dr. Timothy Cahill.